What's going on, Microtrophs? Really quickly, before we start the show, just wanted to say thank you to everybody who stops in, who supports the show, supports the Patreon, supports the YouTube, everything. I really appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Now, before we start this awesome episode, I just want to say that the second half of the show, the half, how should I say, the second half, the last quarter of the show, there we go, um, the audio does differ from the first half, and it's because for some reason, my girlfriend's car picked up the Bluetooth as she was leaving for work today, and um, for some reason, it kind of altered the audio. You can still hear myself. You can still hear... 90 second, but it's a little different, not muffled. Uh, for me on my end, I could only hear it in one of my headphones. So sorry about that. Uh, these are just the issues that occur when you're recording podcasts, I guess. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do make sure to share it with your family, friends, and, um, give it a like and subscribe for more. All right. Thanks guys. What's up, Michael family. Welcome to the Microtrophic podcast a weekly conversation series cultivating a culture for cultivators. Designed for the passionate enthusiast, master mycologist, healers growing their own medicine, and psychonauts alike, this podcast is for mind, body, spirit, and mushroom. If this is your first time listening, consider subscribing for future episodes. Also, if you like what you hear today, make sure to share with your family and friends. Also, you can leave us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that be Apple iTunes Music or Spotify. Now, with that said, let's get into it. What's up, Microtrophs? Microtrophic here. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we have another interview with one of the mycology legends, pillars, someone I've always really enjoyed watching. He focuses on more like low budget, no PC easy mycology if you ask me and i'm actually gonna be learning a lot today we have the one the only 90 second mycology thanks for being on the show bro thank you yeah no problem this is gonna be a lot of fun and i know a lot of people just love hearing me talk about 90 second rice (laughs) well dude let me tell you um like we were just talking about on the pre-call i've yet to try it and i hope personally to learn as much as possible all the golden nuggets that you have because and this is for all the patrons listening. I will be doing, I guess you can say an experiment. I'm going to, I'm not going to bash on something I've never tried. And I know, oh, yeah. and I've seen nothing but success from you and many others as well. Um, I think some of the things we're going to talk about today is definitely tech, but I also want to kind of debunk all the haters and what they got to say about the 92nd rice. So yeah, we, we touched on that in the pre-call too. Is like, there's people that, may have never tried it at all because they just keep reading and hearing everywhere how bad it sucks. And it's like, <laughs> well, we've got to get into it. Gotcha. Well, first and foremost, um, you guys can find 90, my 90 second mycology on Instagram at 90 second mycology. Also, if you haven't already go check them out on YouTube as well. Also something I'd like to touch on today, dude, is how YouTube, you know, cause I know you and many others like myself are experiencing, um, I would call it not just demonetization, but also um, content. It's like bullying at this point. It's like they're just bullying all the mushroom people. Yeah. So we'll, I guess we'll kind of pepper that in. I don't want to make it a main focus because yeah. I want to be high vibe over here. But, you know, it's just part of the game and it's part of the game we're playing. So huge value today. So first and foremost, before we get into tech or anything, let's talk about why. 
the 90 second rice is so convenient and like some of the really good points. And if you want to end it with maybe some of like the, the bad points, maybe we can roll into some of the tech from oh, there. Oh yeah. I'm pretty humble to where I know there are a lot of things that can easily go wrong, but that's just like with any tech out there, whatever, whatever you choose to do, anything can go wrong. So the number one benefit of 90 second rice is that if, if you're, you're already out grocery shopping, it's right there at your grocery store True. and the price is going up, you know, it's, it's it's some bags are over $3 now, but if you stick with generic store brand rice, or even, you know, in the USA, we've got the Dollar Tree stores, right? They started selling 90 second rice for only a dollar 25 per bag. And I just posted the short video and by short, I mean, seven minutes. Um, I've got some of that Dollar Tree brand rice colonizing. So it's working just fine. And the biggest, the biggest downfall of 90 second rice really is just, it's really easy to throw off the moisture content. Mm. So a lot of people who like to start with something like the classic PF tech and brown rice flour cakes, those are pretty forgiving with shooting a lot of spore solution in there or even liquid culture too. But one of the main points with 90 second rice is to really just have clean inoculum, and don't squirt too much in there, which I know it's pretty hard for some people to do because when you're going to inject 90 second rice, if you go right into the rice cake, you're going to get rice grains like stuck in the needle and it can be hard to push the liquid out. Mm. So one of the things I'm, I want to focus on in the future is just small little techniques to help people out with that. Like just produce more 90 second rice content. So one of the other good things about 90 second rice is that it's going to like, no matter what you do, it's either it, what am I trying to say? No matter what you do, you're, you're going to learn something from it. So if you're a brand new beginner and you don't want to spend $50 on vendor grain bags from a mycology website and you don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a pressure cooker setup, and you don't, you even don't really want to cook your own grains yet. It's just a $2 bag of rice. It's literally, it's sterile, ready to eat or inoculate right off the store shelf because it's almost become a meme now amongst my community. on asking if you have to cook the rice mm, because gotcha. it, it's pre-cooked. It's, it's literally ready rice. You're just microwaving it to warm it up so you're not eating cold rice if you were to actually eat it, which it is pretty good, by the way. I eat it a lot. So I'd imagine. You don't have to cook you don't have to cook the rice. It's already it's pre cooked and it's sterile, just like any other grain bag, but it's just two dollars right at your grocery store. Interesting. So you're saying that these bags come just ready to go. So I mean I'm guessing you just gotta do a basic isopropyl alcohol wipe down, maybe, you know, if you know, Actually, I just got sent. I don't even. I don't even know the model name of what I got sent, but Labrat Flow Hoods just developed. It's like a maybe like an eight by twelve little like uh, flow hood, and I think it's more than enough space to be able to inoculate a couple bags. So you're you just kind of wipe it down. You're uh, what's I mean? I guess let's get into the tech. Obviously, we're there now. So what? How? Yeah, how, yeah. how do you prepare? Like, what is your sequence of events for preparing your bags? It's, it's real simple and it's really forgiving for beginners because yeah, I, I know I saw that little flow good too. I know what you're talking about. It's pretty cool, but people who don't even have that. So people who have seen my videos, 
uh, they see my famous corner of my kitchen. It's just like a hard little corner, hard surfaces that you can wipe down. And I just stick with 70% isopropyl alcohol. And I don't even use the still air box half the time. I'll just quick shoot some stuff into some, some rice bags and add the gas exchange and that's it. So it's really just wiping everything down. Mm. And I do prepare the bag. So what you want to do is, is just kind of get the rice a little bit below the Ready Rice logo on the Uncle Ben brand. And then it's like, it's as you it's hard to explain because I've been doing it for so long. But if you look at an actual... Ben's original bag and you see where the ready rice text is that's all you need to do I know there's people out there who do something called the twist tech and they twist the top of the bag to get all the rice down mm. that's like the hardest part of the whole thing because these bags are vacuum sealed so tightly that you can really cramp your hands up if you're doing like 20 bags so right. I have a technique where it's hard to explain without showing you is I kind of just hold the top of the bag and slam it to the ground a couple times, not on the ground, but like holding the bag, slamming it down yeah. and it brings the rice down and you can feel a couple of rice kernels left over, squish them down and it's good to go. And then as long as you start, like I mentioned earlier with a clean, reliable syringe, because you mentioned, you mentioned on my social media, I do have a website too, 90secondmycology.com, of course, keep it simple. Yep. Um, but if you go to 90secondmycology.com slash link, I've got a bunch of reliable vendors there as well. And I'm sure for those who don't know you as well, Microtrophic, you are, you offer some syringes and stuff to your patrons too, as well. And we know those are going to be very clean. So there's just no guesswork involved. Right. And the only thing you need to worry about in the end is you inject. I usually like to inject near the view window because you're going to see the growth right away. Many right. brands, almost all of the brands of 90 Second Rice have a clear view window. There's only like a couple out there that don't. So eject, you inject towards the bottom of the bank so you can see the growth. And I usually just place some of that paper medical tape over the needle hole. It mm. could be any kind of tape. You just want to seal that off right. because you're done, with, you're done with the inoculation at that point. And then uh, the easiest go-to method for gas exchange You'll see a lot of people cut the corner and try to tape it. The problem with that is you can accidentally easily reseal it off, even with paper tape, with that paper-thin slice that you've done in the bag. So what I have is, it's like, it's not heavy-duty, but it's like in the middle. It's a very nice hole puncher. It's not a dollar store hole puncher. You want a hole puncher that can easily punch through both layers of plastic mm. without leaving any pieces behind. So... I'd say if you see a hole punch you want to try, try it on a piece of cardboard. If it goes right through the cardboard, it'll be good to go. So I do two hole punches, top left, top right. Put that paper medical tape over the holes and kind of pull the bag apart so that the paper tape isn't sticking to itself. And that's literally the same idea as pulling a grain bag apart to pull some air in through that filter. Right. So that you're getting a little bit of air in there. And even with that, that part of hole punching the bags, if you're not in front of a flow hood, you're not in a still air box, or even I have an unmodified still air box method, it's a write-up on my Reddit profile, You, it's pretty forgiving. So as long as you're staying clean, you're wiping everything down, you're not like spitting all over your grain bags and stuff. <laughs> At that point, everything I've just mentioned, wiping it down, inoculating, covering up all of your holes with the paper medical tape, that's it. That paper tape is there to act as a sort of filter right. to allow the bags to breathe. And you'll have people, for some reason, they say, 
oh, you don't need to add gas exchange to these bags. And it's like, okay, try it without it. It's easily just going to rot away like anything else. There's a reason why um, mushroom grow bags, grain bags, unicorn bags have filter patches. The stuff needs to breathe. Yes. So a lot of beginners may not understand that right away because, as you know, you you yourself now, you're pretty experienced with mushroom grow bags, so not everybody would understand that concept. But at that point, it's just after that, you want to keep it warm, incubation, or you know, uh, 75 degrees Fahrenheit, right. 80 degrees Fahrenheit. I think that's a lot of people's downfall as well is they're either too cold, mm. a bad syringe, or they're a little bit too impatient and they keep handling the bags and the tape can peel loose and mm. then something does get in the bag and contaminate. So what I do is just keep my bags up in a closet and it's away from anybody, any foot traffic. It's away from my pets because I have a dog and a cat and I never have any issues unless I have a bad syringe because there was one time where this works obviously for all species of mushrooms. So I had some pink oyster liquid culture straight from a vendor. I didn't even test it myself because I was like, this is going to be great. It's a great vendor. Sure enough, like within a week, the bag started smelling like wet, dirty laundry. And I'm like, that's how you know. If you can smell anything other than rice and mycelium, which even if you don't know what that smells like, it's just kind of like earthy and sweet. Like a mushroom from the grocery store. Go, Go sniff some of those. It's the same thing. But... Sure enough, it just smelled like crap. <laughs> so then I did take the syringe to agar, and sure enough, it didn't grow any mycelium. It just grew like all this straight just bacteria. Interesting. So at that point, you can reach out to the vendor and say, hey, you know, what's going on? Right. Um, so one other awesome thing about 90-second rice that I'm going to get into in my videos eventually is you. it's not just about creating grain spawn. You can use it to do things like test your syringes and germinate spores before you ever actually commit to inoculating a bunch of bags. So uh, I forgot, I have the notes somewhere, but like one bag of 90 second rice, if you've seen the condiment cups that everybody likes to use for agar, right? they can fill almost like 15 or more of those with 90 second rice. If you do, do, if you do that inside of a still air box, dump it out, dump one bag of 90 second rice across all of these different condiment cups. And then right there, you've got all of these little tiny grain cups to use as syringe testers. And you still don't have to get into agar as a beginner. Interesting. Although obviously we always recommend it. So it's, there's just a million things you can do with 90 second rice if people are creative enough. So that's the stuff I want to get into besides just run of the mill, inoculate, spawn to a bulk substrate and get fruits, but like testing syringes and, some other things that I'm going to work on before I actually come out with it and say, Hey, this works. That's an interesting concept of using it as like something to test because I mean, most commercial agar, you're going to be paying around a dollar a plate. So if you're saying you can get yep. these for like a dollar, what, 25 or dollar, even a dollar 75, you know, that's, right, yeah. that's pretty epic. Actually. I didn't even think about that, but I can definitely see how someone who's brand new comes across your content and they want to try this out. How, I mean, even with agar or anything else, how mistakes can come in. I think one of those key factors that I immediately took away from you was to use no more than a single cc of your liquid culture solution, considering that the grain doesn't have like a hole and it's not really like 
it's not meant to be soggy. So putting, obviously putting too much in there. And then also the, the handling of the bags and things like that with jars, I would say, yeah, it's probably a little more forgiving, but when you're dealing with like the plastic and you're touching it you want to like, let it be and let its momentum build. So that's, it's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's the downfall of a lot of beginners is just the lack of patience. You know, most, most um, seeds with plants will germinate like what within uh, less than a week sometimes and mm-hmm. you get to see something. But when you start with mushroom spores, it can take almost two weeks before you see anything because they start out as little tiny strands of mycelium that sometimes you can't see with the naked eye. Right. So it takes time for that to grow together and build. And yeah, the one thing with the 90 second rice and too much solution is just because it's sold as ready rice to where it is it's already cooked so they just want you to kind of reheat it in the microwave so it has a little bit more moisture in the back so that it can kind of help steam that rice in the microwave if you were going to warm it up so if you've got too much solution from a bad syringe to where there's not enough time for the mycelium to take over and kind of consume that moisture then yeah you can end up with just um some what we call wet rot which right. people will say, oh, you know, wet rot, it, it obviously comes from bacteria that was already there, which I guess that is, that's true as well. Because if you think of like trench foot back in the day, mm-hmm. the foxholes of the war, when, you're, when your feet are sitting in water, they're rotting, but you've already got bacteria there as well. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's gotcha. pretty forgiving. But I, but I agree, jars are also going to be more forgiving, but jars are just like another supply and beginner may not want to go buy a 12-pack of jars. Gotcha. Now, around. when you're when you're working with these bags, I'm guessing, or I have, a, I have a guess, an assumption, that most people are doing like dub tubs because of the amount of grain they're doing, or do you see people doing like full tubs with this technique? Yeah, I see, you see both. The actual write-up that Shroom, so Shroom Scout is a guy who created the Uncle Ben subreddit. And he did the write-up with one four-quart container from Ikea. It's called like the Samala Tub from Ikea. It's four quarts. So a lot of people will start with these smaller containers, like a four-quart Tupperware container up to like a six-quart shoebox. And what I've come to notice is one bag of 90 second rice is close to a pint of grain because it's about two cups almost of rice so if you've got two bags of 90 second rice it's close to a little less than a quart of grain spawn so Hmm. i do get people who always ask me like hey 90 how many bags would i need for an 80 quart monotub and i'm like dude at that point if you're trying to produce a big thing in a monotub like that you, you you don't want to use 90-second rice unless you love it that much because mm-hmm. um, a rule of thumb is at least two bags of 90-second rice per six quarts or one per four quart. So it's just it's just a rule of thumb, obviously. There's people that have done either or. Right. So you see it all, actually, because I've tried. I've, I've still got the Boomer Schumer inflatable monotub. I'm going to do a video with it. And even then, it's that's around 42 quarts, so I'm going to need around 14, 15 bags of 90-second rice to mm. produce a decent flush in there. And at that point, obviously, you would, if you don't mind paying the price, but it will add up after a while. And at that point, you can try some of my other no-pressure cooker grain preparation techniques. Wow. Gotcha. Now, let's talk about, I guess, more often than not, what is the 
Like, what are these some of the inevitables that happen with using the rice? Now, I would imagine, and this happens with, you know, oats, milo, or whatever you're using, but, you know, generally around like a second flush, most of the nutrients are, are withdrawn from the, the actual grain itself. And sometimes, like the thing I run into most, and something I had to harp on in one of my last videos on the Patreon, I had to show people that I had, what, five or six spawned bags that had been colonizing that just hardly fruited. You know, I, had, I got bacteria or something of this of the sort. Do you find that like bacteria like that um, occur more often with with rice, or do you get solid flushes? You know, two, three, four, however long you let it go. Yeah, I think um, in my in my opinion, it almost it works out to be the same. A lot of people will discard their stuff after a second flush because at that point, yeah, you're going to end up with some contamination and all of that. Um, before, so so one problem that some people have with 90 second rice is that they can't get the bag to fully colonize all the way, and I think that's just a gas exchange issue. And other than that, sometimes you might have a syringe that may be visibly good and it grew mycelium, but then all of a sudden half the bag is rotted while the other half is still um, clean mycelium. And so some people will still take the clean mycelium and spawn it. And that could also still carry over some of that contamination like you're talking about where you go to check on your your substrate bag that you mix together with the grain and it's like, what the heck's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, it could start smelling or it just gets kind of slimy. But other than that, I've noticed that with brown rice, you get some pretty nutritious flushes, like pretty potent, pretty nice looking flushes. And it was PGT. He just did a, he just did a grain experiment video. We were talking about it. And he, he came out saying that brown rice reigned supreme in all of the uh, grains that he tried. He tried like the oats millet sorghum yeah i think he did wheat rye and just brown rice and sure enough brown rice turned out to be pretty cool and i agree yeah i agree with that too i think there's a lot of nutrition and minerals in the brown rices and things like that and i was talking to him too about that that's kind of a long experiment man he goes to the uh to the extent to really like yeah yeah that's that's why i really on it for a long time yeah so yeah for everybody who hasn't already go check out actually i did an episode with him not too long ago, go check out that episode, but he's got a really cool YouTube channel. So he, he's one of the, he's one of the other OGs. I really appreciate like yourself. That's cool, man. So, yeah. So, how- uh, and another thing, oh, sure. one more thing I noticed as we're talking about the grains compared to other grains is one of the downsides of, of rice, whether it's 90 second rice or rice you prepare yourself is it's easily kind of overcooked if you, if you make it yourself, but it's also easily kind of squished. Mm-hmm. So I always, I mix my bags like any other grain bag once we reach this, you know, 25 or whatever, 30% colonization. And I noticed it's kind of, it's kind of hard to mix it up in these little small rice bags, but it's also easy to end up squishing the rice. So it's like, you want to try to keep the kernels, the grains intact as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Because I've also noticed, like, if you overhydrate oats or anything else, you're going to end up accidentally kind of being able to squish them and break them too easily. And that can also release starches, which can lead to a little bit more contamination factors mm. as stuff latches onto the nutrients in the starches. 
or you know if you didn't sterilize the the inside of the grain fully you always hear that too or yep. like the old the old endospores soaking overnight compared to mm. boiling it's the whole thing so right rice is just easily squished you want to be careful with it be gentle those are the golden nuggets right there i've got yeah. a question when so i don't really know your origin story too much when did you start growing and what did you do first and what made you made the shift to, uh, oh, yeah. to the rice? I love talking about it because it, it was like back in, well, so I got into psychedelics in like 2010. That's, I was like 18, 18, 19 years old back in 2010. And mushrooms were always that one thing where it seemed like it was, oh, that's the hardest thing to grow you need to have cow patties in a cow pasture mm. and they would, they would act like growing mushrooms was harder to do than like trying to lay your own acid in your kitchen or something right. like that. And it was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I looked into it um, all the time. And by 2015, I came across Mark R. Keith's let's grow mushroom series where he has the, um, he has some like, low quality clips on his YouTube channel. And one of them was like the first part of the series of making the brown rice flour cakes without a pressure cooker. Mm. It's just steam, a steam bath, which I have a lot of that on my channel as well. So it was around 2015 when I did, uh, I made the brown rice flour cakes, but I didn't go all out with the fruiting chamber and all that. What I did was I did the Ziploc bag on top of the jar and I forgot where I got the spores. I think it was probably spore works. I mean, it's been so long and I've been through so many trials and errors. But either way, it, it worked. And like when you see that mycelium for the first time, your first grow, it's like, holy crap. I'm it's doing working. it. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. So classic BRF in vitro jar fruiting and it worked. It produced a few mushrooms. And then from there, I'm like, this is really all you really need. Right. Until you want to make it into a hobby. And, you know, so after that, I don't think I didn't do it really anymore. It was like 2015, 2016. And then I ended up moving to Florida around 2017. And I don't know why, but like 2017, 2018, I just got back into it. And so I'm looking around online at the different things going on now. And sure enough, I stumbled upon, they were calling it like Spider-Man tech at the time. And I'm like, wow, this has been around forever. Why is it just now becoming popular again? So I started messing with it. And then I realized how easy it was. Got some flushes and I'm looking at the bag in my kitchen and I'm like, I would love to be able to teach people how easy this really is. Mm. And like break that stigma of, Oh, mushrooms are hard to grow. Oh, you need a huge setup. And I look at just the 90 on the microwave, the little logo on the 90 second rice bag. And I was like, that's it. 90 second mycology. Boom. So from there, I, I started the YouTube channel and it, and it took off. And people love just how simple I, I make things. And that's another one of my memes is that 90 second mycology has like hour long videos because they don't realize it gets its name from the 90 second rice and not the length of the video. <laughs> so like this hour long video isn't 90 seconds long. So um, then I started working with Shroom Scout, the creator of the Uncle Ben subreddit. 
and I put together like a documentary on how to fruit directly from the 90 second rice bag, just like in vitro dry fruiting with like brown rice flour or anything else. Um, and that took off as well. I kind of started it off with a little, little pictorial infographic of like the history of 90 second rice. So like the late nineties, this stuff was already on the shelf in grocery stores. And like, right. we've always just kind of looked past it. Right. So it was, it's always been there. And it's just, it's just funny how recently it's kind of taken off and it's also gotten a lot of hate as we've already talked about. Let's talk about some of that. So like, you know, you go on, you mentioned like, you know, you'll, you'll see someone or you'll post to like Reddit Reddit is a great resource. I didn't really get into it until I started my Discord server and then, you know, just found out about Reddit and, you know, things like that. But um, there can be a lot of hate there. So, like, if someone's to post, like, a colonizing bag of, of rice, why does it get shit on so much? Is it because there's not the, the quote, like, I guess, like, your stereotypical sterility, like, you know, in front of a flow yeah, hood, you yeah. know, is that kind of the thing? So I have a video on my YouTube channel and it's called like perfect success every time with 90 second rice. Like I think it used to say, show this video to the haters in the title, but I changed it because who knows what YouTube is even striking anymore and what right. words they're looking for. So I get into it in that video, you know, what people are doing wrong, how you can get perfect success. And one of the topics I touch on is people have no excuse as to why it sucks other than, it sucks. It gets contaminated so easily. Get a pressure cooker. And it's like, what's the reason? There's no reason. Of course, if you're using a bad syringe, you're gonna, anyone's going to get contamination in any technique. Yeah. And beginners just don't know where to get good syringes sometimes. They mm-hmm. say, you know, there's certain vendors on Reddit that just kind of start up because they see how easy it is to make a quick buck. Yep. And maybe they take a spore print. And they just sell it and they have no idea how clean it is because they don't even test it themselves. And then, you know, beginners will just give them five out of five stars because they were happy that the spores just showed up without ever trying to Mm. research with them. So then the vendor's rating goes up and then you, obviously you can't mention too much to the vendor about what you're doing with it or else they ban you right away. So there's really no excuse from people. They have no, justification as to why it sucks other than it sucks you get too much contain because i think people want to be able to shoot you know five cc's of liquid culture or spore solution into their brain at a time and these are all veterans that are hating on this stuff Mm. there's no beginner out there who says it sucks Mm. if you go to the uncle ben subreddit that's like one of the safe places on reddit to post about your 90 second rice bags because everybody loves it they always go to these posts like we brought up on the on the pre-call before we were recording people on facebook and shroomery they'll tell them like hey i had a i had an awesome flush my first time from doing exactly you know 90 second rice so just straight up cocoa coir no 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 vermiculite no gypsum and it was awesome and then people take that information and they go oh you just got lucky oh you Mm, just got lucky yep and they'll reply again and be like, well, I'm still doing it to this day with no issues. So I'm getting lucky uh, 10 out of 10 times. And after that, the replies stop because it's like, oh, they have nothing else left to say. There's just no reason. Just It's like fun for them to hate on 90 second rice, I guess. Yep. And people will, they send me hate too. Oh, quit, quit selling your stupid or quit taking people's money. And I'm like, first of all, I don't 
I don't sell anything. And second of all, or they'll yell at me like, quit teaching people fake stuff. Wow. Quit, quit. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean it's fake? Look at, go to, go to, go to the Uncle Ben subreddit, as I keep saying, you'll see tons of success stories. And there's right. just, there's no, I don't understand it. Nobody has an actual answer as to why it sucks so bad other than contamination and it sucks. Get a pressure cooker. Yeah. We live in the day of the days of hate, man. It's uh, yeah. It's like know. negativity is just, that's what runs everything. Yeah. I kind of, kind of, I kind of brings me back to, I guess one of those topics we don't got to talk about it too long. Um, but yeah, on YouTube it's rampant. Um, I know a lot of people are making the move to rumble. Um, I have yeah. not yet. And I, I stay away from posting because like I had posted a harvest video. It was like some beautiful steel Magnolia. I don't even oh, think yeah. I meant, I didn't even mention psilocybin or mushroom. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I think it's keywords at this point because the video came down. Like I woke up the next morning and YouTube gave me a second strike. I'm like, fuck man. Like, so now I just I just let all that stuff stay there so that you know people can find me like a landing page and they can find all my resources from there. But yeah, I'm, it's yeah, not, it's true. It's it's just we don't know what it is anymore. We don't know what this YouTube AI is scanning and what they're reading from the videos. I, I don't know. Recently, I've seen several new. I wouldn't call them new growers. They're just like new content creators. I don't have any off the top of my head that I could read, but. Um, I'm just, I'm just so curious as to why some of their videos are even still up. Like they're posting same stuff I do, harvest videos, et cetera. And these videos are getting, you know, 40, I saw one yesterday. It was like 340,000 views in like six months. I'm like, wow, you know, congrats. Obviously that's, that's oh, really yeah. cool. One of the big ones, if you see, um, I mentioned earlier, Ashley Boomer Schroomer. Yeah. Her start to finish grow mushrooms in a monotub is like over, I think it's like two, 2 million views now monetizing wow. everything and she's got full flushes going on and like i we've all like given ashley credit for being just straight up out there with her name yep. her image and it's just there and it's yep. like damn, it's like damn what <laughs> how how are we getting striking demonetized with simple videos and you know i think it's just the algorithm it's, i think it's just luck yeah it's got to be in some shape or form yeah so testy these days but very quickly, we're just about halfway through the show, so we're going to pause here. We're going to take uh, a moment to go to the bathroom, get some water if you need so, and we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. So we'll be right back, okay? This episode's sponsor is brought to you by Lab Rat Flow Hoods. Ran by a husband and wife and based in the United States, Lab Rat Flow Hoods offers the first custom hobbyist hoods on the market. They offer numerous sizes available to fit anyone's needs and all of their units are handcrafted to provide customers with the highest quality flow hoods possible. These units have provided many mycologists across the world with a step up in their lab, ensuring higher throughput, better efficiency, sterility, and more room to work freely. All units are warranted for one year and they provide free shipping in the United States. Guys, I can still remember my struggles of using a still air box and the huge game-changing shift in my mycology career once I invested into my first flow hood. It opens up so many new doors in mycology and gives you a new sense of ease and direction with your workflow. So if you're ready to step up your lab space, go support this family-owned and operated business and take advantage of today's special offer. If you're listening to this ad, you can receive a whopping 10% off your next order with LabRat Flow Hoods by using discount code MICROTROPHIC10. 
That's M-Y-C-O-T-R-O-P-H-I-C-1-0. Go order your custom flow hood today from labrathoods.com. That's L-A-B-R-A-T-H-O-O-D-Z.com or labrathoods on Etsy. And give them a follow on their Instagram at LRFHoods. That's L-R-F-H-O-O-D-Z. And let them know that Microtrophic sent you. All right, we're back. So we touched on a few things. We touched on the, I guess, the mindset around the 90-second mycology. We're kind of debunking some of the things that most will say are faulty, which clearly there's hundreds of examples as to why it works. We touched on some golden nuggets. And um, I guess maybe we can start getting into some some other things. So what are what are some of the, do you find that some of the varieties don't like the rice or have you pretty much grown your regular cube, your PEs? Like, is there anything that slows you down there? Well, yeah, I've grown almost even gourmet, almost everything. Um, because you can use brown rice as any grain spawn for any type of mushroom and it all takes off. Gotcha. So, um, penis nevi is always just kind of notoriously slow on anything, but that people say, that brown rice produces some of the most potent penis zombies they've ever had. There's something with brown rice and the mushrooms um, that they just love it, which that just reminded me, I did a solo live stream on my channel about the history of indoor magic mushroom cultivation. Mm. I started with Maria Sabina in Mexico. Wow. And I went all the way to Uncle Ben's tech through the history and, you know, brown rice and all that. So it was Stephen Pollock who did like it was Stephen Pollock and I forgot the I think it was Johan Gartz. They did some sequencing on mushrooms and they found that brown rice produced the most potent cubensis mushrooms ever at that time. It was like in the mid or late nineties. And if you go to my channel and find that video in my live stream playlist, I have the link to that article. It's an Earwood article. It's called like from Fanaticus and Beyond. It's so interesting to read about how these pioneers all started with brown rice and then they kind of went on the rye grains and it was Stephen Pollock who just put, he, he sterilized a little brown rice cake in the bottom of a jar and fruited right off the brown rice. Wow. So leading into that is brown rice seems to be one of those grains that almost, almost every vigorous species will fruit right off of that grain. Like oysters will fruit off of the brown rice, lion's mane. You can grow lion's mane on BRF which is, you know, a wood-loving mushroom, and people grow it right off of brown rice flour off That's the top of the jar. Wow, yeah. gotcha. Um, the only thing, I've been able to use brown rice for piopino grain spawn, but I haven't been able to fruit piopino directly off of the rice, which piopino is a wood-loving mushroom, which I like. It's one of my favorites because it looks like a cube, Yeah, but it's not. Right. <laughs> if you have the right strain of piopino, it looks just like cubensis. Right. And... So it's brown rice is just kind of like the go-to general. It covers all bases almost. But, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I love it. I also started with brown rice flour. I, at the time, I was, you know, I was, uh, I don't even know what tech I was following. I'm, it might have been like a Gordo tech. I, or it was just mostly just me going to Shroomery and, you know, pulling as much info as I could from from the forums at the time, but I also was making what I consider a mistake of using spore syringes. I still get so many messages and I have to tell so many people, I'm sorry, I don't have spores. My bad. 
and I'll send them over to Drew at the Inoculate the World and, you know, give them a discount yeah. code. I know that um, they have a really clean process and things like that, but do you, do you see a lot of guys using the sports syringes or do you, do you advocate for people to use more liquid culture for, for the situation? Oh, well, yeah. So a lot of haters bring that up is 99% of the time, you know, these beginners are using spore syringes and spores are just doomed to fail no matter what. And it's like, okay, they're not, if you get, if you get a syringe or you make your own syringe with bad technique and it's a bad syringe, then yeah, spores are going to be dirty. Even, even somebody's liquid culture is going to turn out to be contaminated. So um, beginners almost, it is true, 99% of the time we're going to start from spores only because they learn that that's actually easily accessible, mm. which although we do know they are illegal in how many states, which kind of sucks, but you will find vendors that will still sell them. There's nothing wrong with spores. Until you find the good resources like you, Mycotrophic, on your Patreon through your secret website uh, passwords and inoculate the world where people are selling liquid culture because when they do the genetic sequencing and testing of alkaloids in the liquid culture, there's nothing illegal in it. Right. It's the same as spores. The spores are just spores in a solution, usually just distilled water. Yep. So... Obviously, you always want to start with liquid culture because that's already live and viable mycelium. But there's no harm in starting from spores to get, you know, some crazy new phenotypes, which beginners really won't know what that what that is. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying, where it can be fun to start from spores, even as a veteran, just to see some new things out there. Yeah, so, exactly. I mentioned earlier where I inoculated some of the Dollar Tree rice that was with Golden Teacher spores from Inoculate the World, and within five days you could already see the growth in the bottom of the bag. Wow! With no, you know, that means it was a clean solution, great hydrated spores. They were ready to go. So it really comes down to the vendor, and if you're making it yourself, the clean technique. Agreed. But a lot of beginners aren't aren't making their spore syringes right off the bat, so. Yeah, I mean, if you're going into your, you know, quote, uh, lab space and you're scratching your face, scratching your butt and, you know, not being. That's mindful. what I say, like spitting all over everything. Yeah, exactly. People flakes are flying and it's like, you still have to, at least as a beginner, you still have to be, use your common sense. One of my catchphrases, common sense will almost always prevail. Use yeah. your common sense and do the basic cleaning that you can, at least. It'll take you very far to your, uh, to your saying, I always say this to my dad cause he's always like dumbfounded by, you know, humans in general these days. I always say, dad, oh, gotta be, yeah. I gotta say, uh, common sense is not a common virtue anymore, but everyone can use that faculty. Like really sit, you know, I always like for me, like when I first started, it seems, you know, too much, but I would sit before I did my lab work and I would write out my steps. If I couldn't write them, that means I didn't know them. And I would sit there and, you know, in my mind via paper, see myself doing something and then I would do it. So if I ran into any obstacles, I could at least like look over at my notes and go, Oh yeah, I gotta do this first. And everything was getting wiped down. You know, it's, it's, you know, everyone learns differently, obviously. And I, I, for me, like I have to learn through practical application. I, I I find that like watching hands on. Yeah. Yeah, because you can, I mean, with anything, you can read and read and read. And at the end of the day, like, 
you gotta you gotta put it to the test. So I, that's what I really like about your content. You're you're more than showing. You're giving more than this information. You're showing people uh, how to do this. And right, yeah. And again, I'm, like, I'm telling them, you know, what it can easily go wrong. Like I said, I'm pretty humble. I'm not gonna say this is the best. Don't do anything else. It's gonna work 100 percent of the time. No, no. I'm gonna tell you what will go wrong, what can go wrong. And speaking about writing stuff down, this just popped in my head too. Think about this. I can think back to high school. My, I was taking Spanish class at the time, and my Spanish teacher said she read something somewhere back in the day. If you write things down with your dominant hand and you're saying them as you're writing them down, it almost sticks with you like 10 times better. Now, yeah. I don't know the science behind that, but it's also a studying technique to just write things out, like get off the, get off of the electronic devices, get back to pen and paper, pencil and paper, get back to physical books in your hands and use your dominant hand to write notes and take in what you're writing and and state your intentions in your head. Like I know that I'm going to, you know, basic steps, keep clean. And I'm, I'm producing these fruits for whatever reason, for good intentions and not to do bad things. And, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah, I agree, man. It's kind of crazy. Like, I don't have kids, uh, obviously, but uh, to see like, uh, like my ex's daughter, or um, sorry, my ex's brother's daughter, um, when they were in school, they they weren't teaching them cursive anymore, and they basically had them all on the smart glass pad, the the iPads. So yeah, it's an interesting, right. interesting time. Yeah, I mean, no, you're um, you're you're point to writing it down and embedding it in your brain saying it out loud this i've heard i've heard that before um in the case of like writing affirmations when you're trying to really embed something into your subconscious you know obviously you got to do it you know obviously more than once but i mean gosh think of this like growing up my dad would have me like if i like part of my disciplinary um regiment you know like (laughs) the regime he would have me he would have me write you know like i will take out the trash on fridays like a hundred or two hundred times or until like from the time i was done with my homework till we were eating dinner if i finished or not and you know what that next friday i was like well it's time to take out the trash you know so if it's like that's right you know so if you're writing like okay i need a syringe rubbing alcohol the bag, you know, wipe down the, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think, I think it'll help out too. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good technique. Yeah. I think it's not used as much. Yeah. I mean, I use a pen and pencil every day. I'm over here at my desk right now looking at, I have a whole entire jar full of pens. Yeah. And I'm looking at, I have some mushroom books here with some other gardening books and it's like, to this day, I will never buy an ebook because I love flipping through these pages. I've been growing medicinal and gourmet mushrooms from Paul Stamets. There's people that love to hate that book as well. Yeah. I've got this stupid, uh, well, it's not stupid, but it's an older uh, print-on-demand Amazon book called Magic Mushroom Grower's Guide, Simple Steps to Bulk Cultivation. Mm. And I know it's outdated because they have their website in the back and it doesn't lead anywhere anymore. And it's gotcha. like copyright 2015 or something, but it's still a great book. They go through like using bird seed and how to make syringes and even like at the end, how to build a flow hood. And it still sells pretty well on Amazon. And I've also got other simple books, but it's just not the same when you're buying an ebook and just reading it on your screen, trying to learn something about mushrooms. If you've got the physical book, it's almost like a textbook. You can highlight, you can take your notes, 
you go, oh, I, it looks like fecal flakes really are bad for my brown rice. And it's like <laughs> some people, there's, <laughs> touching on common sense, there was people who told me, you shouldn't use common sense as a teaching medium. It's just some people just don't, they, they don't understand common sense. They don't have it. And I'm like, well, that's, unfortunately, that's true. Some people just don't have it. So there's nothing you can do about that other than to just learn. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't it's use common sense. Things. Jesus, what are, you, what are you doing? What is it? This is 2023. Yeah, we, we use Instagram. What do you mean? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> how's your, so, how's your, how's everything on your Instagram and things like that? Are you getting, do you have any posts? Oh, that yeah. Are, so, um, I did. So there were some photos I would post every now and then, and I would use certain hashtags. And I noticed that the hashtags, I think, were causing a problem. So I had, I actually had to delete a ton of posts. Like, I'm still working on a Ziploc tech. I had awesome fruits out of a Ziploc tech. Mm. And I used something like hashtag magic mushrooms. And sure enough, what I, what I thought is people follow these hashtags just to report posts. Or maybe it's Instagram AI. But, you know, so many posts were flagged. I'm like, you're going to lose your account. I'm like, really? I've only had it for like, what, two years or whatever. Right. So I stopped using hashtag. The only hashtag I use is just hashtag 90 second mycology. Yep. And I, I think it's the same with YouTube where they're looking at the metadata, the tags and the videos, who knows? I don't know. Titles because the seven minute 90 second mycology short that I just uploaded, I say the word psilocybe. I say natalensis. I say inoculate the world. I say spores. So it's like, I don't know if the AI is either trying to listen to us or they're just going off of the metadata that we type. I have no idea, but so far so good. I haven't been struck on that video yet for harmful and dangerous content. That's what it always is. I know. Harmful and dangerous content. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't even think that a like federal level, change in the classification of entheogens plant medicines i don't even think it's going to change then i think youtube is going down this like real dark path i don't even want to talk about the youtube kids that's a whole fucking other that's a whole other podcast yeah, i've heard yeah i know that's like a, that's a huge conspiracy thing going on in the in the conspiracy world that mm-hmm. i've heard um, yeah but uh what was i going to say oh speaking of rumble so the only thing i've done so far is just on Rumble, you can sync your YouTube channel to it. So no I'm way. not uploading directly to Rumble. All I've done is just sync my YouTube channel so that the presence is becoming known. And uh, I am, I'm not uploading directly there right now, but I just synced the YouTube channel. So like whatever you upload on YouTube will also post to Rumble. But of course, whatever gets deleted from YouTube will be deleted from Rumble. So it, it's, it's right now, it's just there to make the presence known. Hey, 90s here. And so far, so good. I do. There's people finding the videos and commenting and stuff, but it's a weird setup. Like their mobile app is still kind of buggy and it's just, it's still, they're working out all the kinks basically. Yeah, I would do that. I would at least log on to rumble, make an account and sync your YouTube. And then, um, speaking of Instagram, remember, so everybody knows Willie Michael, obviously. And we were all, we went live with Michael Geeky. It was like a couple weeks ago now at the time we're recording this. And Willie was talking about how he knows he has like a liaison directly at Meta with Instagram. 
and they told him that they have certain hashtags where their AI will immediately flag, like psilocybin. I forgot what he said. So then I reached out to him, remember, after the live, and I said, hey, Michael Trokic lost his main account. You know, what, what do you think we could do about it? And I haven't heard back, although he did say, hey, I'm going to look into it. So if anyone's listening, want to reach out to Willie Michael if you're close to him and see what's going on with Michael Trophic's Instagram. <laughs> Maybe we can get that sorted out as well. Dude, that would be amazing. Quite literally amazing. There. Like, we got we to gotta bring that back because how many followers you had over like what? I had 17,000 on that page. Yeah, like almost 20,000 followers. But you know, and it, boom. It happens to everybody, man. Um, like for instance, Mana from Heaven, um, he had well over like twenty five, I believe, and his page got deleted. You know, and he, you know, Wait, is that why I haven't seen posts from him in a while? Yeah, I just, I think I just talked oh, to him my, maybe this last God. week, and he's like the nicest guy. He doesn't sell anything. He works, you know, right. with with guys like Bass, and you know, he's he just posts beautiful fruits. That's what he does. You know, and that can't even be appreciated. Yeah, classic trout the trout knife the, the bird yeah. trout knife in the middle everybody I, wants to know what that is i know dude, i, I that's <laughs> so, so funny good. you mentioned that that's like his signature thing i know i love that yeah. and even on instagram dude the whole hashtag thing when I, I got hip to not using hashtags when i was getting like swarmed with bot comments like you know oh yeah send me a message Push it over on culinary mushrooms yeah and you know send so dm it to us on food blog mushrooms yeah, dude, yeah, I know. I, you you know you get you get the full gamut of like you know clear scammers, dude. I still to this day like every day or I would say every month or so in the Discord, I have someone posting like, "Is this a scammer page?" And because it, it's like my content and they're selling like Molly and you know clearly they're not selling oh, any yeah. truck. It's yeah, all people it, take these figures in the community and they yeah all the time. Yeah, because I recently somebody just told me that there was a guy. Well, I don't know if there's a guy. It was a person on on TikTok taking my videos, yeah. North Spore, Ashley Boomer Schumer, and like cutting them up and putting them on their TikTok, mm-hmm. and they're oh, getting yeah. millions of views. Oh, easy! So I think I reached out. I was able to get mine taken down. I told Ashley. I told North Spore. Like, come on, man! These people, like, at least reach out to us and say, "Hey, can I post this?" And maybe we'll say, "Go ahead." Right. Just give me. Give me some credit here, man. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, yeah, you I think if people don't use hashtags, their accounts may stay a little more safe. Especially if you I think people use hashtags to get more of a following. But I think at this point, if you've already established yourself, you've put in a lot of the hard work, you can get away with not using hash not not using hashtags. There we go. Say that a million times fast. <laughs> You can get away with it and get your post across to your audience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Instagram is one of those things. Obviously, it's connected to Facebook, and Facebook is just one of those, you know, I don't know. It's it's a weird world. To, you know, we're in this weird space where, like, the information is so needed. Um, this medicine is so needed in our world. I had so much. I mean, I'm. I always tell people I, I'm still integrating what I've learned even from like things like ayahuasca years ago, but from mushrooms. Oh you know, yeah. I'm still, I remember when you did the, uh, the ketamine retreat. Yes, sir. Mental health. Dude. And it helped immensely. And actually I just found out that the VA for all my veterans out there who don't know this, that the VA is 
um, now allowing you to, as long as you go and talk to your primary care provider and there are clinics in your area, you can actually go and get ketamine treatment and it will be taken care of. Wow, dude, that's really cool. Yeah. So I just, I just set up an appointment. Of of course they're backlogged like three months. So in like, in like two, two and a half months, I have an appointment with my primary care provider and, uh, from there they'll be able to schedule something, but dude, it's so needed. You know, um, what would you say your biggest epiphanies, you know, you said you got into psychedelics, like what, 2010, what were some of your, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was pretty young, which I don't, you know, obviously when you're older, you don't recommend that to anybody. Yeah, you, still, you want your brain to develop kind of naturally, right? Um, but yeah, I would. Who need, who even knows? Obviously, back then, if I was really taking LSD, but like my first LSD trip was so crazy in the fact of I've always been a creative person, so I've always been like in my mind. You know, I used to make silly cartoons and flip books, so I'm always kind of I've always been like that that creative person. And when you're open to it and you start to receive these hallucinations, it's like dreaming over your reality. Mm. For some reason, mushrooms, it's a different, like people always say mushrooms are more grounded, which I can totally agree with that. LSD is some chemical, although it's, you know, it's its own thing. But yeah, right. when I was when I was younger, it's, it's crazy. Um, the things, if you're open to it, the things you can actually see and perceive, I've never been brave enough so far to have like a true ego death because I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't want to lose control completely. I want to be able to be like, wow, I'm actually experiencing seeing what I'm seeing. Not just be like, Oh, what am I? Uh." (laughs) (laughs) So in that, and also in that, you know, along those lines, I still haven't done DMT, but I'd love to be able to extract it myself. Kind of like it's along the same lines of growing your own mushroom. Right. When you put the work into something like that, just like simply, even just simply cooking your own meal, when you sit down to enjoy that, you're like, holy shit. Right. I made this. Yeah. <laughs> I bought the ingredients. I put it together. It's so good. Yeah. You so get think, so much more. Yeah. Definitely. What do you, what was your, or if you had to name maybe like top three, what are, what are some of your favorite varieties you've grown? Gourmet or, 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 uh, or, active. Oh yeah. So, well, number one, gourmet, obviously I love watching, you know, the, um, the chestnut mushrooms. Yeah. Um, if you, if you read the old Paul Stamets book, I mentioned chestnut mushroom has a different, um, what would you say? Species name, whatever the chestnut mushrooms are being grown today, where it looks like they have like that armor on them, the spikes, mm. they are so cool. Yeah. And when I, when I grow those, when I grow a lot of mushrooms, I just simply throw them in the soup. Yep. And they're, to me, honestly, mushrooms taste like mushrooms, doesn't matter what they are. Right. I've never been a fan of the taste of dried mushrooms. Same. But I love, so yeah, gourmet chestnuts. And then when you grow albino penis entities, those are always like, holy crap, I can't believe that that's real. Right. Um, Yeah. Another one is, um, I've never grown the original Melmac, the original penis envy, but like not just albino penis envy, but penis envies in general, where it's like, how were we able to go from generic cubensis that was harvested in the wild or even, uh, even in Mexico to this mutation or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's still classified as cubensis. 
Right. And then, of course, any albino, because if you've grown regular cubensis mushrooms and then you grow an albino, and it's just, you go from like the colors of a mushroom to just pure white. It's like, how is this possible? Right. What the heck? Yep. So it's always cool to grow albinos and just look at them and be like, what What the hell is this? Totally agree. And then um, another one off the top of my head, of course, is generic lion's mane. If you do it right, it has enough fresh air. Even that, like mushrooms in general, you're looking at them like, how the hell is this? What is this? It's not a plant. <laughs> it's not a vegetable. It's just it's crazy to look at. Yeah, they're like they're some of those. Yeah, people who want to grow crazy stuff, take that list. Yeah, no, I I love the list, and uh, and you're right, man. It doesn't matter what you're growing. In my time when I was growing, like you know, some of the gourmets, I was I was growing lion's mane. Those are just a trip. Um, in themselves, um, the way that, you know, like in a night they can double in size, any mushroom really. But, um, I was also growing, um, I got it from Wumbo, Maiko. He was giving, he gave me, it was, it's an endangered species of oyster mushrooms. And, um, man, the taste, it was, it's, it's kind of crazy how these mushrooms can like, they have their own flavors too. I know you said like a mushroom kind of tastes like, ah, I totally agree. They have like maybe like yeah. small yeah, unless dif- you really different. soak it in butter and spices and all that. But other, you know, it's, to me, it just they all taste the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, as we're talking about this, what I really want to grow that I haven't grown yet is the bioluminescent mushrooms. You know, if you, you've seen those, no the photos of bioluminescent mushrooms. I didn't even know you can um, grow those. Yeah, bonsai, you know, bonsai fungi on Instagram, famous yeah. for doing novelty grows and just crazy little things. Recently made a post of growing some bioluminescent fungi in like uh, some glass. It was like a glass, uh, just like a glass, a uh, drinking glass, I think it was. I don't remember. So took a photo of regular light and then took a photo with the light off. And it's literally like a glow stick. It's really? like, how is that even real? <laughs> wow. It's like, holy, holy crap. And, you know, d- different mushrooms will grow differently. So, like, the substrate turned out to be, like, bright blue or something, and it just looks so weird. Mm. And I think it's a wood lover like every other, I don't know, I have to look into it. Some of the bioluminescent fungi out there can just simply grow with the master's mix or any other sawdust blend like the other gourmet. Gotcha. And uh, not, I don't, they're not really... I, I don't know if they're poisonous, but I don't think they're edible in the fact that mm. there's just no, nothing to them. Gotcha. You know, you're not going to get any flavors or nutrition, but it's just something cool to grow. So that's on my list is gotcha. some bioluminescent fungi, that would which be, I know there's oysters as well. That would be, that would be an amazing video if that would be to put, uh, if that were to be put together. That's, that's I mean, oh yeah, it's on the list. I mean, I'm sure there, you know, what's cool is like, I'm sure that there's a use case for that, whether, you know, instead of using these, like whatever, I don't even know what a glow stick is made out of, but I've definitely like, you know, subsequently in my life, uh, in my younger years, um, didn't end up having one explode on me because I was oh yeah, basically like <laughs> using my mouth to try to crack it open. Anyways, yeah, that right. shit tastes nasty. But what if, you know, what if there's a use case for that where you can use an extract from the mushroom and I mean, who knows? Who knows? The The world of mycology yeah, I, is so I love, vast. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So that's definitely on the list. And as we're speaking about, um, we, we brought up the ketamine retreat and everything. 
I think we talked about that a little bit on the live stream we did together on my channel. So yeah. people, they don't know. Uh, Michael Trofik and I, we went live on my channel one night and we talked about the difference between bags and tubs. And a lot of people love that video because Michael Trofik's YouTube presence started with tub. You've yep. got your whole tub talk series. Yep. And then immediately, you know, he went on to bags because it's a whole, it's a whole thing. But if you want to check that out, I would tell people maybe watch that as like our first sit down together and then come over to this and kind of listen to the back and forth on how just creators and friends and everybody can evolve together and how things are just working out there. Dude, we had a really good talk and a lot of good information on that podcast. I totally agree with you. I think everybody should go check it out. How's that? How's it? How's the video doing on YouTube? I haven't checked the analytics, but it's never been striked or anything. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah, man. There's just there's so much in the mycology world. I was, I was watching something with my girlfriend last night, and it said that from 2010 till now, the mycology um, industry has grown by 30 percent, which is kind of crazy. I mean, and um, in multiple states, obviously now we have decriminalization. I don't. I don't know about federally legalizing anything, even cannabis anytime soon, but what in, I don't know, let's just say in the next like five years, where do you see the mycology community going, you know, and, and how do you want to be a part of that? I definitely see it becoming more of a household thing, kind of like gardening, you know, you're planting your seeds, people who have kids, you know, it's a fun thing to garden. You're going to see a lot more people now buying mushroom grow kits. They're selling them in grocery stores now. Walmart has them in a gardening section. Wow. Um, one, of the, one of the grocery stores, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I, I drive a tractor trailer. I drive local, and I drove for a grocery company up there, and they kept their mushroom kits in the produce section, which kind of makes sense. But stuff like that, it's going to become, it's more, it's going to become a household thing, you know, a, a pastime. And then from there... I believe that it's definitely going to become more medicinal because you see marijuana, cannabis, it's becoming more medicinal. And a lot of, at the state level now, cannabis is just in 21, just like alcohol, 21 or older. Yep. And I think there's going to be something going on with mushrooms to where they're going to say, hey, well, actually, it's in Oregon right now, right? Mm -hmm. Oregon, Colorado, psychedelics yep. are already decriminalized. So they've got mushroom dispensaries. And I think people like us, we're going to go down in time, we're going to go down in history of like being some of the people where these guys were out here in modern times producing videos to where we, it's off of Shroomery. Shroomery is like 1998 up until now. So, but, but then people are still following stuff from the early 2000s as the go-to. And then people sometimes just have a hard time accepting these new techniques that we're bringing to the table in modern times. Yeah, I agree. Because at the time we record this, who knows how long it'll be around, but this is March of 2023. So right. maybe someone's going to listen to this in 10 years and go, wow, it's been 10 years and you guys are talking about this and it's look what's happened now. Yeah, I'm interested to see where things go too, man. Um, and I always ask, it's always one of some of my last questions I ask for the pod. You know, it's good to get your perspective. And I, I do agree with you. I do believe it's going to become more and more mainstream. And as, as folks, you know, find out that, you know, mushrooms are actually less dangerous than cannabis, um, 
And obviously there's, you know, a myriad of healing benefits psychologically, physically, things like that. And I also, in the back of my mind, I know we're going through a technological revolution, but I believe before that even happens, the world, this is like real, I guess you can quote spiritual this, but like from a vibrational standpoint and the Schumann resonance of the planet, slowly but surely the vibration of our planet is raising, which means the consciousness of our planet is raising. And I think mushrooms are a cornerstone in how more and more people are going to become more self-aware, not just of themselves, but also the planet that we live on. And a lot of the solutions to our modern day issues are going to be solved through that. So now with that, um, I've got one, one last question for you. It can be as short as possible or it can be as long winded, but I ask everybody I interview here on the show, this question, and that is how are you growing in mind, body, spirit, and mushroom? What does that look like for you? Oh yeah. So I love this because it's so weird how recently, I don't know why it just literally came out of nowhere, which it seems like to be my own spiritual and physical evolution. I've been caring more about taking the first step at looking at the ingredients as to what I'm really eating and what they're selling in the stores. This is so weird how it came out of nowhere. And it's like, I'm getting into like the pesticides on produce and factory farming. And um, today I just looked up how Ritz crackers are banned uh, everywhere except here because of these cancerous causing chemicals in the food. And, and it's like, when you really, you sit down and look at what we're eating now in the year 2023 compared to like say the 1950s, like that'll autocomplete 1950s diet. Or it's just organic, like meat, potatoes, vegetables. But for some reason, my my consciousness has been like, hey, all of a sudden it's evolved and been like, really take a look at what's going on around you. Because I've already been pretty self-aware with the universe and the planet and like what we're doing and why there's no answer right now as to why we're here other than I like to accept that it really is just the universe experiencing itself subjectively, mm. where... Yeah, everyone might be a different person, but in the end, the consciousness is coming from like one satellite stream, right? Like we're all linked somewhere. Yep. It's coming from something. So, yeah, one of the big things is looking at food now. Um, if you can just make that organic choice. I know if you look at a bottle of apple juice compared to a bottle of organic apple juice, the organic is like almost double the price now. But at least you know it was literally from organic soil and everything, organic juice. It's just crazy to learn what's really, when you take a step back and, and see what's really going on. It was just like the rich cracker thing that blew me away. Simple stuff like that. And, and people who listen to this on their phones, you know, their phone's going to listen to them and they're going to start getting recommendations on like the top 10 foods in the USA that are banned everywhere else. Mm. You know, it's going to start <laughs> catching on and evolving with other people. Yeah, man. So it, it, really, it, it really starts with what you're putting into your body and mushrooms. Those, they're, they're very healthy, whether it's gourmet, uh, medicinal, or even just like uh, novelty psychedelic mushroom. Some people can't digest them as well. And a lot, a, lot of the, a lot of people are grossed out by mushrooms. You know, they'll be like, ew, mushroom. They associate that with like gross mold. And, you know, they hear the word fungus and they go, ew. <laughs> but <laughs> mushrooms are vital to the diet, just like any other vegetable and fruit, produce, fungus, whole foods. Dude, shout I, out Whole Foods. Shout out. No, I totally I agree. 
I agree, man. It, yeah. it does start with what goes in your body because, you know, it's going to dictate how your, your hormonal system is and how your brain is. Yeah. And if your brain's functioning, body's functioning, I think that allows for the, of the holy trinity of mind, body, and spirit, allows your spirit to be more present in there. And from there, you know, that's, that's a happy life. And ugh, let me just say, I did not know about rat, uh, Ritz crackers like that. I do enjoy yeah, them. I, I haven't. Yeah. I I, I'm going <laughs> to. Everybody look this up right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Ritz, Ritz crackers is cancerous chemicals. It's banned in all these places, but here. Of course. So, Oh, you know, America has all these obesity rates, and it's like, well, look, there, uh, a cheeseburger from McDonald's is like $2, and then an organic bushel of broccoli from Whole Foods is like $10 or whatever, and it's like, no wonder why. Right. They're pushing all these chemicals on us to keep us in the system, I believe. Yeah. They're keeping people sick to make money, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Yep. And that's kind of like an out there concept. People might not agree with it, because you can still make your own healthy choices, but... Like I said, just look at what's really going on. If there's a struggling family who's trying to budget and save money, they're going to go for the $2 cheeseburger for their kids and family compared to the $10 bushel of broccoli that's only going to make you know a little bit of food. Right. And that's why I do believe in growing your own food at home. So um, that's one of the things I want to get into when um, – I, I'm working on my Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash 90 mycology, you can join the wait list so that when I do go live, you're just ready to go. You know, I'm live, but I want to, I live in an apartment. So that's one of the things I don't see a lot of is like apartment food growing. It's always like somebody with the great big backyard and raised garden beds. And, you know, oh, we had a huge harvest of beans and potatoes. And it's like, <laughs> I want to not move on, but I want to incorporate maybe growing more food at home compared to just, just mushrooms. I think the more you do yourself, like we brought up earlier, like you grow your own mushrooms, you extract your own DMT. If you somehow laid your own acid on paper in your kitchen, if you did the process from start to finish, even cooking a simple meal with whole ingredients, it's just a different experience when you consume that. Totally different. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's a great idea to incorporate that. Cause it's, if it's something that interests you, you should always show it. Cause the passion, I think what you're passionate about comes through and the energy can be felt. So like, you know, on my Patreon, I've only had what two videos uh, for cactus, but cactus, the entheogenic San Pedro's and, uh, Burgesses, the, uh, the Peru's I, I am so in love with all of them and it's getting hot out here in Arizona again. So Soon I'll be able to be able to start doing that as well. And I, I've also gotten this year more into growing vegetables. Like I just planted some mini, um, what mini cucumbers. I got some uh, zucchinis. Yeah. I've got a bunch of peppers. Staples I'm, like that. Yeah, like yeah, simple staple vegetables. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's the stuff that can grow, and then there's the stuff that you're gonna eat. Like. I, I don't eat fucking radishes and I mean, I'll have them, but like, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat beets and stuff, you know, like I'll get a juice every once in a while, but you know, grow stuff that's like going to grow in abundance. You're going to get a huge return from it. And yeah, it's going to feel better. You're going to feel better about it. You're going to, oh, of course, you know, save a couple of bucks here and there. And it also allows you to connect with the earth that we live on. So it's like win, 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 you know? Yeah, I agree. And you know, on this topic, so Another video idea I had, if someone else wants to do it, it's going to take a lot of time, is actually growing enough grain yourself from mm. seed 
to harvest and using that grain as you know to make grain spawn. Whoa. I would love to do that one day. So so these are the crops you want to use. I've looked all into this. If someone's listening to this and they're like, damn, that's a great idea, I want to do it. Sorghum, which is Milo, you know, Milo. Yeah. Um, amaranth is in the same family. Mm. Um, and then I also came up with this idea. You, you know about okra? A I lot do. Of people, um, so I, I eat some, I eat some okra every now and then and I, they have these bulbous seeds inside and I'm like, Hmm, but if you grew a bunch of okra and harvested the seeds and use that as grain spawn. So it turns out people will use okra seeds to make flour and stuff for bread. And I'm like, no way. Wow. So that's on my list. Um, actually, you know, I bought some seed packets off Amazon because I do eventually want to grow some of these, even if it is in a container in the 90 apartment. Um, listen to this. I've got, I got the spineless okra. And then speaking of sorghum, oh, hold on. It's called, if you didn't know this, you can pop sorghum like popcorn. So it's white. Yeah. Sorghum. Yeah, that's right. And apparently it's been bred to grow short and fat. So sorghum grows just like corn. That's why you hear stuff about, you know, sorghum syrup and stuff right. like that. Because it literally grows as tall as corn. But there's also varieties like this that will grow like short and fat. Wow. Perfect for containers. And then, yeah, you dry it out like corn, you can pop it like popcorn. So it's just so many things you can do here. With vegetables and fungus and and producing your own food, it's just crazy. And I do love my meat. I do love meat. Um, I hate factory farming, but I do love meat. I just I could never bring myself to raise rabbits or chickens just to end up killing them myself to harvest. Right. So I don't I don't know how people can do that, but obviously that is a better option to do it that way than to feed into the big factory farming markets out there. Yeah, there's so much to do, man. You've got me inspired. I just actually planted like I know, man. Six. Just, go forever. It's crazy. <laughs> Dude, this is the mastermind right here. I, I just I just planted some corn and now I'm thinking like yeah. I'm like, man, maybe when this corn comes out here in a couple months, I'll maybe I'll yeah. try to do I don't know, do a couple jars of corn maybe. for my own corn. Corn syrup. Man, homemade yeah. Corn syrup corn that you harvested yourself turn it into syrup and then you make your own agar from it. Well, hell, why don't we just grow the agar seaweed? Like, how do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> how do we get the seaweed going? The, whatever the algae seaweed is that makes agar. The full cycle, dude. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm mean, like, why? Just start from the bottom up and just stop with these factory farms and factory pesticides and stuff and grow it all in-house. I mean, hopefully in the future, you know, I guess this would be like the last uh, last thing on this. I'll, I think in the future there should be a tax. Like if you're not growing at least, you know, let's say like ten square feet of vegetables in your backyard. Obviously, I know oh, apartments yeah. are different. I think you should have to pay like a like a vegetable tax. And if you are, you don't have to pay it. And it would incentivize people to grow more food. Obviously, but like imagine if everybody in the neighborhood had garden beds and it was something that they were supposed to do. I've always thought about that. Why don't more people have front yard garden beds and citrus trees and apple trees where you're literally walking your dog and you can take just like an apple that's growing because your neighbor took the time to grow that tree. Uh, It's a damn tree where that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Just like avocados. 
you always see that, oh, how to grow an avocado tree, but that takes years. Literally. So, um, you know, start now, right now. <laughs> Go put your avocado pit outside. Get it going. <laughs> yeah, they say the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. That's right. You know? Yeah. It's just crazy. Crazy how fruit grows on trees, and then we've got stuff like berries that grow on bushes. And then we've got stuff like grains that just grow your grass, basically. It's literally grains are grass. It's crazy. Yeah, man. There's so much to do and so little time, you know. Um, and But thank you for, first of all, for taking some time to chat with me and the community. We really appreciate having you here. Uh, is there, well, there's multiple places to find you, but from your mouth, where, where can everybody find you and what are some projects that you want to highlight? This is your time for your plugs. Yeah, so here we go. The first thing I like to send people to is just go to the website first, 92ndmycology.com. Um, from there, obviously, check out YouTube. And then I mentioned the Patreon. You can join the waiting list. Um, go to the links page on my website, 92ndmycology.com slash links. You're going to find all of your reputable vendors, all of your vetted uh, 90SM affiliates for grain, syringes. Um, something else I was working on is, oh, a new Discord. People who are fans of 90 Second Mycology can remember I used to have a Discord server. There's a lot of drama that went on with it. So I'm going to add the Discord to private Discord through Patreon. You know, I want to sort out the riffraff. Yep. So I hope I hope that goes down pretty well. And I'm just looking forward to producing more 90-second rice content because I've gone into so much no-pressure cooker stuff. I've gone into so much, like, actual pressure cooker stuff that uh, some people are losing sight of where 90-second mycology comes from, and that's 90-second rice. So definitely, which is what people really want to see, is more 90-second rice content. So that's what we can look forward to on all the platforms, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube, Rumble. What else is there? Oh, I made a Twitter. I think it's like at, uh, I don't even know. I'm there though. I, I listed it somewhere. <laughs> I made a TikTok finally just to make the presence known, you know. The presence is, is out there, 90 second mycology. You can tell them by the orange logo. It sticks out. <laughs> it does. It's uh, It's one of the pillars in our community, and I thank you so much for doing what you do, spreading all the knowledge that you can, and uh, kudos to you for fighting the good fight against the social media monsters that don't want to see yeah. our content. And um, thank you for also giving me all this information. I'm going to be doing this a little precursor for some content for the, for the patrons here. Go. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. More collabs. We got to collaborate some more in the future because I think there's a good vibe and I think people love it. Hopefully there's some good feedback on this episode. I hope people want more, you know, talk more about this and they're just like, well, I can't believe it ended already. So we'll see. Well, I would love to have you back on the show and maybe by the time I'm finishing up a 90 second, uh, rice, you know, grow, I'll have something to, to talk about and show you and, uh, oh, yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah. So dude, thank you again so much for being here today and, um, yeah, thank you so much and, and have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon, bud. And don't forget common sense will almost always prevail. Love that. All right, guys, have a good night. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Microtrophic Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed and then you'll join me for the next episode. So make sure to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review. You'll have the chance of being featured on our next episode's first segment of Shoutouts and Reviews. 
You can also find me on Instagram at Microtrophic Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Microtrophic. Also, you can join a growing community of 300 plus like-minded individuals on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Microtrophic for exclusive content, giveaways, and a community of new and experienced growers sharing growing technique, experience, and just having a sense of community, a safe environment to express yourself. And we're all doing this on our community Patreon Discord server. So until next time, namaste, have a good day, don't contemplate, meditate. See you on the next one. Peace.